Welcome back, I'm Kim Valley. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. We're continuing our discussion with Nick Gorman and today we're looking at the benefits of Nick's service equilibrium at work for both employers and employees. Nick, one of the things that you sent to us was about the benefits to the employers of the type of service that you offer. And for us, it might seem terribly obvious, but perhaps we need to go over that and just talk us through what you see from an employer point of view is the benefit of their employees being able to talk to someone independent. Yeah, so starting with the employee side of it and the way I look at it, and I always default back to that, what would I have got out of that? What would the benefit have been have been for me when I was back at, you know, sort of, of scaling the heights that I, I, I'd really wanted to? It gives them a chance to, firstly, as I said, there's a huge assumption that people have got the infrastructure around them, around them to allow the conversations of a deep nature to take place. And when I say deep, as in things that are pertinent, relevant, and I give them a chance to talk about basically everything. My goodness, where it goes is, is anybody's guess. You know, we prepare it on a couple of thematics. But, mm. you know, if, if we find that we're running out of stuff, it just goes where it goes. The aim of the exercise is to help the individual realise their potential, personal and professionally, mm. and making sure that they have an outlet where they can discuss all things with respect to their well-being so that they can actually reach their optimal performance. Because in most instances, people that certainly I'm working with are very ambitious. You know, they have done phenomenally well in their career thus far and they want to maintain that or get better at it. So making sure that their, their well-being's in check, having someone to talk to allows them to get to that point. And it's also or gives them, gives them the ability to be able to handle stress, things that are really getting to them, which might seem, as I said earlier, insignificant, but it might be as straightforward as someone sitting opposite your work for 12 hours that you just loathe. And that becomes a part of your day, you know, and your partner doesn't want to hear about it anymore. Mm. So by sharing that, and it's not simply because I've been there before, that has you're spending more time with that person than your family. And if that's not working and you're uncomfortable every time you come into the office or the deal with your boss or whatever, we work on different techniques, you know, compartmentalising that those issues and seeing them for what they are and trying to rid them, the employee, or, or take, take off, you know, some of that stress attached to that and make sure they see it for what it is. The other big thing, Kim, is helping them build better relationships at home and personally and in the workplace. What I mean by that is we assume that people are full of, you know, high EQ mm. and the reality is a lot aren't and they spend a lot of time and a lot of their manager's time on stuff that can be sorted out pretty easily. We unravel those things, you know, it might be a a move offshore or, you know, this and that. They're, they're thinking about different strategy or, you know, or moving departments or little things that we talk about and they get it off their chest. And it's amazing how often by the end of it they go, I feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it sort of helps them then internally, you know, with how they, they're not thinking about that issue when they're 
next dealing with that person or they don't default to that conversation. They've already had it. And the last thing for employees, it's the preventative nature around the mental health thing. You know, most people that I see don't have obvious challenges. We work on things where I see the odd red flag where they don't know what's around the corner. So a lot of it is preventative, building up resilience in certain areas where I, on my experience, I've seen things can get pretty tricky. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what we work on and hopefully what the benefit of the employee. I mean, ideally they want to walk out of there happier and lighter and back in the workplace more productive. And for the employer, you know what? It's a bit of a, it's not a tricky one. It's a, it's a bit of a qualitative leap of faith here, really, because the sessions themselves are entirely confidential and that's what it's based upon. Yes. It's funny, but most of my mentees in the first session, they check with me that the confidential nature of the session is going to be upheld. Mm-hmm. Upheld, that's crucial. So yes. as soon as that breaks down, it doesn't work. Yeah. So the tricky part for the employer is what do I get back? you know, what KPIs involved or metric or because I'm not getting feedback about the individual, that takes a little while to explain how it works. So the idea is by allowing their staff the opportunity to share all things with an independent source, that's going to lead to a happier employee and therefore more productive. That's the idea of equilibrium. But the things that they get on top of that are feedback from me at a specified time where they will get feedback on thematics through that industry because I see people from all different firms and industries. It allows them to attract talent. Yes. And it's funny, I I only saw this the other day, but there's a business research group called The Conference that you might have heard of. They found in January this year, after interviewing over 700 global CEOs, Their single biggest concern internally in 2020 was attracting and retaining top talent. Mm -hmm. That's their number one internal concern. You know, there are many reasons for that, but they need to be innovative and progressive in their thinking. And a particular thing in financial markets is that there's been this attrition from that into, you might say, sexier industries startups, private equity, IT, there's been a bit of a shift there. Mm. So they have to start getting innovative. And I look at it and I think when I'm actually talking to uh, in pictures, I'm saying to them, you know, make this part of your offering. Because I've been in that interview process and trying to get the best talent to come to the firm I was working for. The good ones are interviewing with several firms. And they, at the end of the day, they look, well, where's the differentiation? Mm-hmm. might be a differentiation we care about particularly our young employees in this instance we will offer you one-on-one sessions for the next 12 months with an ex-executive blah 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 and particularly the young people I mentioned that to now they say I would love that when mm-hmm. I was starting out because it's that's the new now that's how they're thinking and I hope you know it doesn't get to it but you know the idea is that a happier employee less likely to leave <laughs> so addressing and ultimately lowering those attrition rates, yeah. they're going to reduce turnover costs, specifically those costs that are associated with recruitment and subsequent investment, I suppose, to train new recruits. 
That's spot on, Nick, because really the cost of attracting the best employees and retaining them, there's a huge cost in that. Retention or attrition costs a lot of money. The other one is it's all quantifiable because you can measure it. The other thing is it's employee satisfaction. I've been involved, like the two of you, in many surveys as a recipient, as a participant, etc. Employee surveys always tell us that the most important thing is that my employee, my employer, value me and respect me and care about me as an employee. It's not just the money. You can pay them. Somebody else can pay them as well. So why would they choose you and um, stay with you is about the caring. And that's why if you offer them what Equilibrium offers, that would be something that will help them feel valued, cared about, and help them achieve their personal and career objectives. That's interesting. And it's funny, it's also adding on to that, Fuliana, is... I'm a big believer in keeping things real. Yeah. And what I mean by that is the sessions that I have when all the, the benefits that the employees get, that they tend to forget about. So what impact does a happier, happier employee have on the culture of the business? Mm. I had a really hard time when I was working in corporate world about the authenticity of the environment I was in sometimes. Yeah. And I felt often that individuals, particularly younger people getting very well paid, for instance, it's impossible not to get ahead of yourself. I would not hesitate, I don't hesitate, in pricking their bubble when I feel like their real self just isn't there. As I said before, I'm speaking to people that have been incredibly successful. They're getting lauded all the time. They're told how fantastic they are. It can be a cultural thing or whatnot. But after a while, that can start to affect you. Your attitudes, no matter whatever level you're at, I don't hesitate, one of the better description, but smashing that out of them because the end result will hopefully be that that employee understands where they fit. Yeah. And often they, they're in a bubble and that's not the real world. And so I believe in being ambitious, just not getting ahead of yourself. And I try and think by doing that, then that just must permeate through their team when you start to you know work on their real self, I've spent a lot of time on that and I really enjoy that and I think they appreciate the, the rawness of that because maybe they haven't had that discussion before. Yeah. And I'm glad and they seem, to your point, Fuliana, is that I think they get value out of that. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think it's probably preventive too, Nick, because in the event that the bubble bursts, we have seen these people crash and burn and create havoc for a much wider ripple of effect than might otherwise have happened. Precisely. That's exactly right. And I think about, you know, even my own case, I'm such a different person than what I was back then when everything was going forward because I thought I was pretty amazing. I don't know why I did, but you you tend to, you start to believe it. But if you have someone have that discussion to you earlier, as you said, Kim, you know, that prepares you. How often I've seen people get on that slippery slope because they just weren't being themselves, really. That's probably the interesting thing that comes out of it for me when hearing you say that is that you thought you were wonderful then because people were telling you that, but you knew yourself that there was something missing. And now I would hazard a guess and say that you are far more comfortable with who you are and what you're doing now 
And if it was a measure you feel more successful personally than you did at the times where you were raking in the big dollars. You're exactly right. And, you know, whether that comes with time on the earth or having a different perspective in life or whatnot, but, and I have several instances where I feel like they just might be getting a little off track with their life, going back to that balance thing. It's all part of steering that shit back because, by goodness, it can get choppy ahead. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It can, and and you know that that's not the end of the world. It's not going to be over the cliff and gone, that you just have to manage better. I don't think it's time on the earth. I think it's part of knowing who you are, and I don't think that the generations coming through, I can sound old now because I am, I don't think they get taught that. I don't think they give are given the opportunity to know themselves. They get pushed from school to career to you can do anything, you're the best, and there's no opportunity for them to take some time out to say, well, who am I really and what is it that I really want to do? What is it that I love doing? What is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that I hate doing? And let me focus my path on the things where I can give the most that will in turn give me back the most. That totally concur, yep. One of the questions that I put down while we were talking, it probably goes back to about half an hour ago. <laughs> anyway, yeah. you are seeing people who are, who are stressed, for want of a better phrase, and it's, it's a phrase that I don't enjoy as much as I don't enjoy the word goals, but we won't go down that way. But <laughs> you see a commonality of physical manifestation of that stress. Do you know, it's it's funny. So the people that I work with, the reason I see them is for a whole bunch of different reasons. Uh, and some of them might have that a big part of their life and dealing with stress and whatnot. And it's funny, I go back to what we're seeing now with COVID and this working from home and, and doing these uh, Zoom conferences, etc. I find the challenging part for me with all that is I really rely <laughs> in part in being in front of someone. And the reason I say that is because... I like to look at someone in their eyes, see their body language, see how they're holding up, how they're holding themselves. You know, do they look knackered in the sense of seeing whether they're, they're pale in the sense of they haven't been looking after themselves? There are certain signs or certain tells. You become quite intuitive, <laughs> Kim, at, when you're doing it, you know, for a while, you start to, you start to really notice mm. you know, people, their physical state. You know, you get a pretty good idea on how they're tracking. And it's funny, I do this thing at the start of every session and it's pretty straightforward and basic, but it's more a point of reference. I get them to rank out of 10 how they're doing well-being, personal and work. Mm. And it's funny when you actually, they know it's coming, but when you actually ask someone, I still haven't had one that have just gone seven, seven, seven. You know, they actually sit there and they go, you know what, I'm not feeling great, I'm a three. Or, Mm. you know, this... And then by over a period of time, you start to see trends in that number. Mm. And even though it's just a basic little thing at the start, it just gives you a flavour of what sort of stress they're carrying. Or And they go, really? Was I like that last time? Well, maybe you're right. I'm not feeling... And then you sort of you dig a little deeper and you pull the layers off the onion, so to speak. The stress is a tricky thing and everyone deals with it so differently. Mm. And I think people particularly in highly paid or highly compensated roles. There are opportunities such as alcohol, drugs and the like. There are various other avenues and we can't shy away from that. That's reality. We talk about that because they're releases 
it sort of feeds into the next one. If I feel they're not looking great or see they're not looking great, we dig a little deeper to see what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And so you end up, hopefully, I don't think you have to, you know, have a CV as long as your arm to work that out about people. When you're sort of feeling that you, you get a bit of a vibe and you can see it physically. Yeah. And everyone's just so different. You know, I have people that stress about the craziest things. But in their world, it's massive. Yes. And so we have to work out a way, what are you doing about it? You know, what's your balance like? How many hours are you, where's this stress coming from? Because I can see in you and you're telling me you're not sleeping mm-hmm. or your eating is all over the shop because your stomach is your greatest telltale sign of your stress. You're telling me you lost weight. Where's that coming from? You're not doing it deliberately. I often think it's a bit like in the old day, drugs in King's Cross. You know, you sort of move together. You don't touch each other. And you're sort of doing this dance where finally you end up getting somewhere, but you have to sort of, the discussion got to go. And eventually they end up saying, well, actually this is going on and I'm not sleeping and I'm not eating and I'm having a few too many drinks. And then the conversation sort of evolves, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. In all of that, Nick, it's a, as we have talked about, a fairly individual, personal service that you're offering. How do you not take on the worries that you're addressing every day? Yeah, self-preservation is the key, right? Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to learn that in the sense of, I thought it would be a breeze, Kim. And you're like, yeah, come on, next person. What's going on with you? And then you sort of walk out after three of them and you feel like you've literally just been belted about the head and you, you feel flat. One of the great things of good coaches is that they stay well away from the content. I'm guessing that's the same for professional psychs and the like because otherwise it just becomes all-consuming. I try and take on as little as I can. You, can. you can't change yourself or you can get better at it, but I'll always be in the moment a bit. Mm. So if that's going to be the case, I don't think I have that ability to be able to switch off and not think about them again. Or, you know, I've spoken to experts in the field and they're like, oh, as soon as your session's done, I'm done. I like to think yeah. about <laughs> what was going on there when I have a moment of reflection. So if I do too many of them in one day, I'm asking for trouble. And I actually had a situation early in the piece where I did too much on one day and I had an anxiety attack the next day and I didn't see it coming. And I said to my wife, what's going on here? Because often you get a bit of, for me, I get a feel for it where, you know, when it's coming on, but I didn't see it coming. Quite obviously it was because I was just taking on too much and taking their stories home with me. So to deal with that, I keep the sessions, the number of sessions at a manageable amount otherwise I start to become ineffective and secondly I don't handle it very well Mm. so I have to be smart about that to get the most out of it for my mentee and I I make sure that my day is structured in such a way that I do those things to to maintain my my well-being that I've mentioned earlier. Good. I only have one last question to ask but I'm not going to ask it till right at the end. Nick we might first of all say is there anything that we haven't covered that you particularly wanted to talk to us about today? There's one thing that I think I spent four months of due diligence Kim and Fuliana which Fuliana will know about in October of 2018. I gave myself four months to put some context around this concept I had to see if it was actually a real deal whether I could okay you've got a young family you know this might be your calling you think you're onto something but I wanted to put 
some context around the idea and the best way to do that was to meet as many people as I could that my network would allow where I would sit with them and talk about one more offering, see whether similar things exist and just what the mood of the environment was like because I, I had a bit of an idea but I didn't really understand. I met with as many heads of HR, CEOs, coaches, mentors, wellbeing, met as many as I could mm-hmm. to build up this database to see what am I dealing with here? Am I being a bit fanciful? I really think this can work. And I realised a couple of things, three things actually. One is that what I was doing was unique in the sense of there are similar type offerings, but I hadn't found one that was as one-stop shop as this and as bespoke as this and that more a conversation piece, you know, sitting down having a coffee with someone and shooting the breeze, mm-hmm. there's structure to it. But I just felt that coaches particularly, it's about an end goal. I'm going to question you intuitively and we'll come up with options and eventually we'll get to a solution. This is much more about we're going to talk about real stuff and try and get to what's going on with you and whether you're going okay and hopefully your work, et cetera. So I found that was unique. I also found was the point I was wanting to get to is that there's not much on offer out there under executive level. There is a lot of executive coaching businesses in this country. I think that is fantastic. There is a massive need for that. But I started to realise that there didn't seem to be much external offerings for the other 95% of every corporation. My point being is that I looked at that and I thought, well, that's kind of a nonsense because we're talking about the future leaders We're talking about trying to differentiate yourself as an employer. We're talking about the ones that are affecting the culture and the tone of that business more than anyone. Why are we not offering them more on an external basis? I mean, as we alluded to before, a lot of companies rely on the internal aspect and they do sensational jobs. But there's an independence element to this. I knew that the reason why they weren't being offered because there was no work, because corporations were not deciding not to necessarily spend the money in that way. I don't think that's that's a, a massive sweeping statement. The offerings are mispriced. So there's a bit of this back and forth, where are the offerings for those middle managers, for instance, or though two or three years in their job, they've still got stuff going on and hopefully they're going to be with your company for the next 15, 20 years. So I thought to myself, now in this environment, when I believe the goalposts have shifted so far around this work-life balance, happy employee argument, I don't think it's ever been more important. And I think that the mood music out there has, has shifted so much in that the business world is genuinely starting to realise that they have a social responsibility to provide all employees access to things that are helping them getting their balance right and therefore hopefully happier and therefore more productive. So I was like, I don't understand this. And so that gave me great heart, really, if that makes sense. It's a very interesting point to make because I think you've identified very clearly a huge area that has just been ignored and it is a, a responsibility of these organisations to not just look after their, the top level, but to actually think about what makes up the organisation as a whole. And yep. Kim, I think in fairness, I would say 
the offerings are there in special situations where particularly around mental health and the like. My goal is if you don't talk to someone in an environment which they trust and feel secure, they've got to search that out. Mm. This actually allows them to bring them to the, to the water, so to speak, and allows them the opportunity to say, oh, this is going on. And if I can actually find one person that's got things going on in their life which are pretty heavy that they need help with and they haven't shared with anyone, and if I can unlock that and help them work towards that and get, get help for that, then it kind of feels all worthwhile. So many, my goodness, you know, that aren't sharing what's truly happening. I'm not saying I, I work with executives, you know, but I also work for people that have been two or three years out of the market, <laughs> sorry, in the market. Yeah, it's the preventative that is really the key as well. It's not waiting till something is broken and fix it, it's avoiding it. Exactly. I need to add that in the instance where I find I have an agreement with the corporation that I deal with, so I either deal with individuals or corporations, with the corporates, if I feel that there is a genuine concern around their well-being, if I feel there are real red flags, you know, that naturally is out of my remit. And we have an agreement that that will then be transferred as the agreement between the mentee and myself and the corporation. Otherwise, we don't progress any further in the first session. That if I get worried about their well-being, is that I refer them back to the necessary channels. We then work on other stuff in their life to complement that. Because, as I said, you know, that's, that's not my skill set. It's been really, really good, actually. We covered so much. Oh, that's, that's nice to hear. Thank you. Nick, you get the last question. This is a question that we use on all of our guests. It's not hard, but it's just one that we like to compare answers for. Oh. If we were having this conversation yep. in 12 months' time, what would you like to look back on and tell us had been truly successful? As I sort of indicated earlier, is that I've got a great vision for what I'm trying to offer. I really hope, because there's no timeline, Kim, on the sessions that I have, Mm -hmm. in the sense of I'd like to speak to people for an extended period of time. There's no set 12-week, you've got to be, you know, there's a deadline and we've got to get this solution or this answer. So it's like an ongoing relationship. I'd like to think that those relationships that I've currently got, for the most part, are still exist, still continuing, because that just obviously tells me that they can get you out of it. Secondly is that I would love to be able to sit here and say, because I, I'm not only convinced, I, I want to broaden this, but collaborating with like-minded people to work alongside me is something that I'm very interested in because we haven't, haven't even touched the side. You know, there are so many different industries in different walks of life that this concept, I believe, will work. That's, you know, that's ideally where I'd like to be. Excellent. Sounds good. Well, I hope that makes, uh, makes sense for you. Certainly doesn't. It's a good way for us to finish. So, Nick, we thank you very much for the extended period of time that you've spent with us this morning, talking to us from your palatial temporary residence in Roseville in New South Wales. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exactly. <laughs>